Um, covet your prayers uh, as soon as uh, the, the service is done today. If you'll uh, pardon me, I've got to exit quickly. I'm headed to Craigsville, West Virginia for a camp meeting. And so I need your prayers with that. I don't know where Craigsville is, um, but uh, it's, it's up on the hill somewhere. So hopefully I can get service. But uh, um, uh, we're looking forward to that. Need your prayers with that as well. It's going to be a busy week for a lot of people. Uh, just um, we are still in our series of This is War, talking about our prayer ministry and talking about um, what we have to do to be prepared for the war. And uh, last week we talked about putting on the belt of truth, that every facet of our life hinges on those things that you and I believe to be truth. Rachel, come on up. Some of you who were here last year or last week, um, we were trying to do an illustration with the guitar. And what I was trying to illustrate, those of you who weren't here, what I was trying to illustrate is that when you tune a guitar, all of the other strings gets its main note off of the E string. It's the biggest string. It's the, uh, the one furthest up the neck. And, and every note and every string gets its note and its key from that E string. And I was trying to illustrate that every area of our life gets its harmony, gets its foundation off of the main principles that we deem to be truth. And uh, um, we tried to do an illustration, and we thought we had it tuned, and, and, and it didn't work, and just that just happens. But I got to thinking this week, and here was the problem. Um, we had every note tuned to the piano except one string. I think uh, Rochelle was going nuts. Uh, and, and okay, so, so Isaac, you knew what string it was. We were trying to uh, tune the B string, and I was giving her a C chord. So it was my fault, all right? But then I got to thinking, and I thought, you know, we can have a lot of our areas kind of like in a, you know, where it needs to be, but if there's one area of our life that's not in tune with God's truth, just one string that's out of kilter, that's out of tune, it can mess everything up. And it will still sound like, even if it's just one string, now you're going to hear one string that's still out of tune, it'll sound like this. It just hurts. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. And just one area of your life, if it's out of tune, it can mess everything up. Maybe marriages are out of tune or out of kilter or not lined up with God's truth. Or maybe there's some personal disobedience in our life. Or maybe there's some relationship in our life that's out of whack. And it'll mess everything up in our life. Now, I can't leave it like that. I won't be able to sleep tonight. All right, now we're going to get this right. But a lot of times what we have to do, it just might be one area in your life. might be one area that you need to get back in tune, back in line. And when you do, everything else just falls into place. Let's do this. And whenever you get that one area, perhaps back in line, back in tune with your life, your life will sound like... Ah, all right. Some of you want to clap. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
what truths. Put on the belt of truth around your core. Nothing else will be right if you don't do that. Take your Bibles, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, a familiar verse that will become even more familiar. Listen, we are trying to talk about the things that we need to do, the things that we need to put on, the armor of God, to prepare us for the battle. If we're going to go into this uh, time of prayer, we need to be equipped. Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10. Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Do you notice it said his might and not your might? That's the key, church. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In verse 14, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. This morning we're talking about putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I think just about all of us have experienced the joys of an emergency waiting room, right? Just about everybody in here has experienced that joy and pleasure. But if you think about it just for a second, those two phrases are emergency waiting room. It's kind of a paradox, isn't it? I mean, that, they really don't go together. I mean, when we talk about emergencies, you're talking about something that needs immediate attention. I mean, we rush to the, to the hospital. We can't wait. It, it has to be done right now. But then you think about waiting room. And we just wait where you're not in a hurry. And something doesn't mess there. And I think most of the time, our experience in an emergency situation in the hospital is that you just wait. But there's one condition that if you go into the ER, if you have this condition, um, they pretty much snap to attention. They pretty much don't mess around with it. And that's the issue with the heart, right? If you walk into the doors of the emergency room and immediately you get just say, I'm experiencing chest pains. They don't mess with that. They jump, they drop everything and they get you back in the room and they address that quickly. Why is that? Why, why is it that they don't mess with the heart? Your heart, it's where your entire body gets its life from. It's the central station, so to speak, for all destinations in your body. When the heart stops, we stop. The heart is a truly amazing organ. Right now, even as I'm speaking, as you're sitting there listening to me, your heart is beating approximately 80 times per minute. And the next minute, it's going to beat 80 times. That's 4,800 times per hour. 
In one day, your heart is beating 115,200 times. In a year, your heart will beat 42,048,000 times. If you live to be 80 years of age, your heart will have beat approximately 3,363,840,000 times. It's an amazing organ what it can do with every beat your heart is pumping blood through your veins and your arteries picking up oxygen and other nutrients and turning them into energy for your legs and for your back for your arms for your fingers for your hands this is why people with a weak heart have a hard time really doing anything in life because it powers everything that we do what your physical heart though is to your physical body The spiritual heart is to your spiritual life. No wonder God told Paul that the second piece of armor that needs to be put on is something that needs to protect the most precious of organs. That's our heart. When a Roman soldier was being fitted for his suit of armor, they would start with the belt because so many things would be hung on that belt and put on that belt. But the second piece that they would put is that breastplate. Many times it was made of armor because it had to protect the most important organ in the body, in the heart. Typically of metal, it protected the entire midsection from around the neck all the way down, sometimes all the way down to the thighs. During Paul's era, a Roman soldier, and you probably have seen this in pictures or in movies, they would have a leather um, undergarment, so to speak, underneath the breastplate to give it more protection. Uh, for those soldiers who were wealthy, they would uh, be able to buy what is called a coat of mail. You may have seen that. What it is, it's just tiny little rings of metal. I think we've seen this like in the medieval times. But uh, some of the soldiers would be able to buy that and they would put that on as well as just more and more protection for the heart. Paul tells us that to wear this breastplate, we need to do so in order to protect our heart because the heart is the seat of righteousness. The heart is the seat of righteousness. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. He also said in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So the question begs to be asked this morning, What is righteousness? What is righteousness? Simply put, righteousness means to live right, to live upright. I read a story recently that illustrates this. Columnist Bob Green told an inspiring story of a man named Rob Mao. Rob played on the soccer team in his senior season at Wheaton Christian High School. In the final seconds of a big game against the favored Wabanese Valley, with his team behind one goal, Rob was dribbling the ball in front of him, running at full speed toward the opponent's goal. 
Just before he shot the ball, though, he caught sight of the scoreboard. The clock read zero. But like any good athlete, Rob shot the ball anyway, and it went in for the goal. The referee signaled that the goal counted in the game finished in a tie. The Wheaton fans just cheered. The Wabanese Valley fans cried that time had run out. Rob had a choice to make. He could say nothing and avoid a loss. After all, it was the referee's job to decide the calls, not his. Or Rob could do the right thing. Rob asked the referee whether the official time was kept on the scoreboard or by the referee's watch. The referee said the scoreboard time was official and then ran off the field. Rob went to his coaches and explained that just before his kick, he had seen zeros on the scoreboard clock. Since he had not heard a whistle, he kept playing. But his goal was late and he didn't think that it should count. His coaches agreed. So they went over to the opposing coaches, explained what had happened, and conceded the victory to Wabanese Valley. Bob Green ended his article with this quote from Rob Mao. Quote, Every time in your life you have an opportunity to do right, you should be thankful. For a person to know what is right and then does not do it to him, it would be a sin. To have won the game, I mean really win, I mean who cares? Doing the right thing is more important. It lets you have peace. But that isn't where the story ends. Sometime later, Rob received a handwritten letter from a total stranger that said this. Dear Rob, I read Bob Green's wonderful column about you. I love sports and I love true sportsmanship. My faith in our future was renewed and lifted by that column. Never lose your principles. Always stand for what's decent and right. That's what you told us all when you refused the victory. The letter was signed by former President George Bush. Hmm. Isn't that funny? That, that story just would have been a nice little story. But whenever I told you who had heard about the story, you were like, wow. There was someone greater than George Bush that is watching our life, that is looking at the kind of righteous lives that we live. Doing what's right, it sometimes gets the attention and approval of the newspaper and even former presidents, but it always gets the attention and the approval of God. But here's the rub. If righteousness is living right, then who chooses what is right? Is it going to be according to our righteousness Or are we going to go the way of God's righteousness? Remember, Satan wants us to believe that there are many truths and that it really doesn't matter which one you choose. Just choose a set of truths that best applies to your life. Just as long as you don't choose God's set of truths. That's what he's trying to get us to do in our life. 
And if he can get us to accept a set of truths apart from God, it will affect how we live and it will affect what we do. But I warn you, actually God in his word warns you that if you choose to go your own way and live however you want to live, doing whatever you want to do, whatever you think is right, it will lead Satan to wreak havoc in your life. And not just your life, but in the life of those around you. This was clearly and plainly seen by about a week ago when a man walked into an Orlando bar killed about 50 people, all because he believed in a set of truths that he lived his life by. He believed that the truth in Islam was right for him, and it impacted those around him. We go on with our life, but there are 50-plus families that whose lives are forever changed because one man said a truth was his own righteousness. We know that Proverbs 14.12 said that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You see, the human heart has two main parts to it. There is the physical part that pumps our blood throughout our body, giving us life. And then there is the spiritual part, our soul. It's that part that controls our mind. It controls our thoughts. It controls our emotions, our will, our ambitions, our feelings, our conscience, so to speak, our moral compass. But there can only be one ruler of our heart. There can only be one master of our hearts. Jesus said in Luke 16:13, he tells us that there is not enough room in our hearts for two masters. He said no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. For you cannot serve God and mammon. There are two choices to righteousness. Either you choose God or you choose your own way. Actually, if you think about it, if you choose your own way, you're not choosing your way, you're going the way of Satan. Because it's not you that's making those decisions. He will then sit on the throne of your heart. Oh, Satan will make you think that you're in charge. He may make you think that you're able to make these different choices on your own. But in essence, he'll be the one running the show. And when Satan sits on the thrones of our hearts, listen to this. When he sits on the throne of our hearts, when we decide that we're going to go up against our go our righteousness, it's really him sitting on our throne. He will take our minds and he will destroy the, distort the truth about God and his word. He will leave us trying to figure out life all by ourselves. Satan will take your ambitions and he will lure you towards focusing on the temporal. Short-sighted pleasures that will not last past this lifetime. He'll take control of your emotions to the point that you'll be a prisoner to anger, to bitterness, jealousies, 
sadness, revenge. And if you and I choose not to align our actions with God's righteousness, if we live in blatant rebellion against His Word and will for our lives, then there's no breastplate of righteousness in place. And we leave our hearts exposed to where Satan can take clear shots. It tells us in Ephesians, which we can extinguish, extinguish the flaming arrows, the darts of the enemy. You can't extinguish that if you are not living according to God's righteousness, church. Cannot do that. This is why Paul encourages us to put on the breastplate of God's righteousness because it protects our hearts. Some of you may be saying, well, pastor, how do we do this? How do we live according to God's righteousness? It begins by putting off. Putting off and putting on. We put off anything in our life that is not of God. If you go back just a couple of pages, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 gives us some instruction with what we are to put off. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17, and it's on the screen for you, starting with verse 17. Paul said, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Then it goes on to verse 22, that you put off, there you go, you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Going to verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, Wrath and anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 19 on the screen before that talked about lewdness, that we are not to walk in lewdness. What that means in the Bible is that we are not to be ignorant or unknowledgeable about the ways of God. If there is any lust or if there is any pride or anger, if there is any greed, we are to put it off. If there is any uh, deceit, any bitterness, any wrath, any anger, we need to put it off. If there is any clamor or evil speaking, and what does clamor mean? The word clamor means that someone who shouts loudly or who is more mean-spirited, we need to put it off. These are the things. These are living according to man's righteousness. There are times when mankind thinks, I have a right to act like this. That is according to your righteousness. Ask God to rid you of these things in your life. And after we have put these things off, we have to put something on, right? (laughs) If we're going to put something off, we can't go around without anything on. We have to put something on. So what we put on, we put on the clothes and the breastplate of God's righteousness. And what does that look like? Stay in Ephesians 4, 
Go to verse 2. And it says, with all loneliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Go to verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God, put on. Do you see that? You put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. And continuing on, as we already read, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And here we are, verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Verse 24 tells us that we are to put on true righteousness and holiness. What does that look like? Verses 2 and 3 told us that that looks like humility, meekness, patience, peace, love, and unity. These are the things, church, that we need to put on. Right? You with me? Am I putting you to sleep? (laughs) We are to put these things on. Patience and peace, love and unity. That means doing whatever it takes to maintain and keep unity. Verse 29 through 32 tells us that our mouths need to be clean vessels, not used for anything corrupt, but for edification, but for the building up of the church, for the building up of people, not tearing them down. Notice it does not say that at times we cannot speak the truth, but we have to do it in love. We have to do it with the right spirit. We have to be kind to one another, tender-hearted and willing to forgive. See, this is practical righteousness. This is how we live practical righteousness, by putting off and by putting on. It means to put on the breastplate of righteousness by making conscientious decisions to protect the heart, which is where the seat of righteousness comes from. It's the source where our righteousness comes from. Romans tells us this, that we are to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's what you and I are to do, church. If you want to enter into a war room, if you want to enter into this war with prayer in your personal life and in the life of the church, you had better secure yourself with the belt of truth, the right set of truths, and you had better protect your heart, not with your righteousness, but with God's righteousness. What He thinks is right. How He thinks we need to live. How He thinks we need to talk. How we need to treat one another. How we need to treat and love our spouses. What He thinks is right. And may may I say this is not a one-time thing. 
This speaks to a sanctifying work in our life. This is a work that will continue until the day Christ comes or he decides to take us home. I have one more ending illustration. I hope it goes better than the guitar illustration. (laughs) Um, Some of you might be saying, all right, Pastor, I have an an idea, an understanding of righteousness. It's right living. It's living upright. It's living according to God's standards. Pastor, you've told me a little bit about righteousness, but you've not really said how to do it. How do we live according to God's righteousness? Gavin, come on up, buddy. Gavin, come on up. Here's my, here's my little illustrator here. We're going to try this. Okay. All right. All right. What I'm going to do here, I don't know how many of these we'll use, but here, take this. Okay. Now, go ahead and put th- these. These are um, just little footprints. Okay, and what they're going to be is they're going to stand for God's righteousness. Okay, so I'm not God, but, you know, it's going to stand for God's righteousness. Okay, so take one and put one right there by my foot. Okay, right beside it's fine. Okay, okay, that's good. I'll stop. I think there's a couple. Okay, here we go. All right, now do another one. Do another one right beside that foot. Here, we'll make sure that's just one. There you go. Okay. Do it again. Keep going. You got it. I thought of this the other night in my sleep, so it could be crazy. Who knows? Okay, do that one right there. All right, that's good. Now come back here. Let me see those. I don't know if you can really see that from the stage. Okay. Now, Gavin, what I want you to do is come right here. Okay, now come right here and and face here. Now, Gavin kind of represents you and me, okay? These are God's steps of righteousness. These are what, how God requires you and I to live. But this is you and I. And I just want you just, just to take a normal step, okay? Take a normal step. Stop. No, 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 no. Don't lunge for it. He's a little competitor, isn't he, Jesse? Just take a normal step. Go ahead. Stop. Well, you're way short, aren't you? You're way short of, of, of the standard that's put in front of you. Okay, take another step. All right, keep going. Just regular steps, just like you're walking down the road. Okay, you see what's happening? He is nowhere close to being able to... But, so how... You can come back here, buddy. So how can we do this? How can we live according to God's righteousness? You know, I found a verse in Second Peter 1, and it says this. Watch this. It says, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord by His divine power. Did you hear that? By His divine power, God has given us everything that we need for what? Living a godly life. You can't do it by yourself, church. You can't do it on your own. The only way that you can do this is by tapping into God's power. The only way that you can do this is, hold on, I'm not done with you yet. The only way that you can do this is if you die to yourself, 
tap into the Holy Spirit's power, and then he gives you the ability to live right, to live a godly, righteous life. See, now this is what we're going to try and do. What you do, okay, remember what we did earlier? We practiced this earlier, so let's see what happens. So take my hands. So what, you have, so what he has to do, he's got to get on my feet, okay? And he's tapping into God's power right now. And as God walks, all of a sudden, he is able to reach the steps that God has put in place for him. And as we walk, see what's happening? He's not going of his own strength and of his own power. He's trying to pull me down right now is what he's trying to do, okay? He's take one more big step, right? Stay on me, stay on me, all the way. You can do it. And as he dies, and as we die to ourself daily, we tap into that Second Peter 1-2. We choose not to go according to our righteousness. We let our righteousness go. But every day we say, God, Holy Spirit, would you tap into me? Would you help me to live the kind of life that you want me to live? And then all of a sudden, we take steps that we haven't been able to take before. Would you give Miss Mr. Vanna White here a hand this morning? Thank you, buddy. You can go back here. Go back here. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it'll stick with some of you, but that's how we do it. We can't live it on our own. We can we can put on a, a brave face here at church. We we can we, we can talk the talk and we can seemingly walk the walk when we're around certain people, but whenever we get out into the world, whenever we're by ourselves, how are we living? Maybe you're struggling with something, I don't know. When we choose to put God on the throne of our hearts, when we choose to put the breastplate of righteousness on and do the things that He wants us to do, then He'll empower us to live rightly before God. Psalms 37, I believe 25, says, For the steps of a godly man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You see, the heart is where we determine what we're going to live for. Or should I say, the heart is where we determine for who we will live for. The heart is where one determines who will have their heart. For whatever has your heart has your life. Dick and Joyce, would you come up? Um, God's righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. It's important. It's important that we live according to what he says is right, not according to what we believe, but what he says is right. Let's pray. Father God, God, may we get up on your shoulders, <laughs> maybe not step on your feet, but God, may we get up on your shoulders this morning and realize that we can't live this life. We cannot live this life on our own. The only way that we can attain the level of living that you require from your people 
The only way that we can have a righteous life is if we die to ourselves. Allow you, Holy Spirit, to fill us today afresh and anew. God, when we get up tomorrow, Holy Spirit, we ask you to fill us once again afresh and anew so that we can live as Peter just said we're able to live according to your righteousness, God. A higher ground. Help us to live to a higher ground this morning, Father. When we put on the belt of truth, we're, God, you're, you're assembling this armor that we are to put on. God, we will not be able to be the warriors, and especially the warriors on our knees, if we do not put on and, and if we do not intentionally live out these pieces of the armor. Help me to do that, God. God, help me to do that. And help us as a church. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you-